What's up, Passionate DJs, and welcome to episode 219 of the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, David Michael, and today we're talking to the fellas from the Crystal Grid Project, which, as you know, we've been following for a couple of years now. They are an electronic band. Uh, they started here in Ohio. They moved to Colorado, and they've been working full steam for a couple of years now on this project, making really great music, putting together really great sets. And, uh, of course, they had a little bit of a slowdown, as a lot of people did with the uh, whole COVID thing last year, uh, because a strong element of the Crystal Grid project is the live set. And so what they, uh, what we wanted to do is catch up with the guys and see what they've really done with that time. And it turns out the answer to that question is quite a bit. So we're going to be catching up with them in just a moment. Now, firstly, I just want to apologize for the delay in this week's episode. I know it's been a little while. I actually had a catastrophic hard drive failure, which uh, really slowed me down. So I apologize for the delay. I hope to be getting back into the swing of things here in the next week or two. Uh, but I, one thing that we have not slowed down on is our live sets, our live streams. We've been going hard on Twitch, so make sure you check us out over there at twitch.com. TV slash passionate DJ. I think we've had three streams there in the last four or five days. So we've been staying pretty busy over there. We've had Ike B, we had Mr. Shifter, uh, we've had Modingo uh, not too long ago, and uh, we also had Xander come in and do an hour set of all originals. So we've been staying really busy over there. But for today, we're going to focus on going beyond the grid. In other words, what have the Crystal Grid guys been doing with this time? The first thing we're going to talk about is Cody's side project, which is called Summit One, and it's based around the idea of lo-fi hip-hop beats. And of course, he's taking these lo-fi sounds and combining it with his amazing saxophone playing. Uh, he's built a podcast, and uh, I think he's selling some samples around it as well. Uh, this is called Chilled Samples, which you should also check out. Jared has two music uh, side projects going on as well. One is called uh, Cloud Effect, which is ambient music. Uh, very relaxing, very soothing stuff. And then there's also a project called Celestial Intentions, which is based around the concept of binaural beats. So we're going to dive into that and figure out what are binaural beats, what's the point of that. Um, it's a really interesting thing. We'll share just a brief clip of it. Now, there's one more thing that we're going to talk about today. I'm going to mention it here briefly at the start of the show, and that's the Red Rocks Rhythm and Dubstep Drums Sound Pack. This is a really cool project that the guys worked on. It's basically a sound pack, obviously, for people who make dubstep and rhythm and, you know, similar styles of music, but they actually created this sound pack based around sounds they recorded at Red Rocks. If you're not familiar, we're going to talk all about it. We're going to talk about how they recorded these sounds and kind of the approach and the psychology behind how they put the sound pack together. You should definitely check it out. Head over to coloradosounds.com and check out the demo. If you aren't already aware, Crystal Grid uh, made our intro music, so you're hearing them right now. So if you like our intro music, you'll definitely like what Summit One, Celestial Intentions, and uh, Cloud Effect have uh, to bring to the table. So check all those out. You can find those all on Spotify. All right, with that being said, let's get over to the guys from Crystal Grid and talk about going beyond the grid. Before we jump too far in, I just now realized that the video wasn't recording, so I'm going to give that little brief intro one more time. Sorry about Perfect, that. Perfect, baby. Perfect. So we're here with the fellas from Crystal Grid, our buddies um, from Colorado, well, in Colorado, 
who, um, you know, we've been following their story as an electronic band uh, slash DJ saxophone drum duo um, for a couple years now. And, uh, you know, we these guys are hustlers. They make great music, and we love really, you know, like keeping up with what they've got going on. And so we asked Cody and Jared to come on and kind of share what's been going on uh, with them in the last year or so, what they've done with their time during the pandemic and all that, because... Um, you, you know, like I said a minute ago, we've asked that question of a lot of people, but we know that uh, the Crystal Grade guys have at least a couple of answers to that because um, oh, I just know that they've got a, you guys have a lot of side projects that you're working on. Um, I don't know how much of it relates to Crystal Grid. I know a, a lot of stuff as you guys have branched out into some other sounds and things that you're working on and recordings. And so I think it would be a great time to just, you know, talk to you guys about what you've got going on so sorry for the repeat intro but uh, that's my bad hey, for not, missing the record button <laughs> not not an issue at all and and like i said earlier i i, I think this is a it, an opportunity to to tie a bow on the on the craziness of this past year because the last time we all were hanging out was late february of 2020 right before the pandemic hit the world turned upside down and and everything within our industry changed so i uh, this is a it's it's a solid opportunity um for us one to tell the story too to even reflect on everything we have done in the past year because uh as we're there there's light at the end of the tunnel but I, as i was reviewing my journal from the past year like those first couple of months like nobody had any idea of what was going on and it was it's just so strange and I, I feel like the the strangeness is is almost normalized at this point so it was fun to to revisit and be like oh shit we yeah. we, made, we, yeah. we took a lot of risks and we we experimented with a lot of different projects and uh growing opportunities and it's been a hell of a year so so before we talk too much about how you branched out i guess what is the status of the crystal grid project because i know that you guys were working on like a when you came here we never really published it because you didn't have all your gear here but you guys played a set here kind of for for me and tony in the studio and it was like you're, you're supposed to be your like 2020 live performance so is that did that kind of get back burner did you make any tweaks to that or is that you know what what's the status of that project whether it's both from your live um, performance perspective but also are you know are there any um originals in the works and all that yeah, so currently, um, as far as Crystal Grid goes, we are actively writing new music. Um, okay. We're we're just kind of in the experimentation phase again, like getting getting our chops back and getting yeah. into the writing phase again. Um, and then, I think towards closer towards the end of the year, we're gonna start looking at trying to play uh, a show here in Denver. I think nice. that that be uh, at least by that point. Hopefully, some things might open up and we might make some new some new connections and and see what we can do here and you know play a small club or whatever just get in front of some people again so i think that would that'd be a lot of fun yeah well and i and and so chronologically so we we played those two shows in uh in dayton and then cincinnati uh late february 2020 that's that's when we were able to to all kick it and our initial plan at that point was to utilize those shows in Ohio in front of our fan base mm -hmm. to, to test out a new set that, that we had developed and we had practiced. And of course it, it went just how we were planning. Yeah. Uh, we, we figured out a small few 
tweaks that we wanted to create, but overall we are extremely happy with that 2020 set. Uh, we had all the intention in the world to come back to Denver uh, late March, early April and, and start playing some shows here. And then uh, I think around like March 15th, March 16th, uh, everything, everything shut down. Yep. Uh, and that's where we began to make our, our creative pivots to one, explore our creativity, but two, just to, just to see what else is possible as, as we're pursuing this, this mission to becoming full-time musicians. And yeah, so for those who are listening who may not um, be as familiar, you know, the Crystal Grid project is, you know, it's made up of you two guys, but there's saxophone, there's um, drums, there's a DJ kind of backdrop that's like maybe the structure of the set, and then there's uh, vocals that like mic work. And mm -hmm. so the Crystal Grid project seems you know from me looking in and just from talking to you guys about it is like a very live performance driven project right and so that this is just about the worst kind of thing that can happen to a project right that from right like from your normal workflow and perspective on how you make music and how you perform it absolutely it had to be extremely frustrating and confusing like what do we even do with this and we had those conversations and we sat down and um, that kind of segues into what, what our plan was um, moving forward because we knew our, our project is, is live show based. Like that's, that's how we're going to grow this thing. And that was no longer an option. And like Cody said, there, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. We had no idea how long the world was going to be shut down and how, you know, what the aftermath of this pandemic was going to be. So we decided that kind of the theme of the year for 2020 was diversify. It, it, we had all of our eggs in one basket and it got, you know, turned over and our eggs broke. So we, <laughs> we, uh, we, st we started to brainstorm, like what else could we do and, and how could we still create music and then still work towards becoming full-time musicians. And man, we, we brainstormed for a while and um, we came up with a few ideas and some, some of those ideas are, are still happening today and others we kind of nixed, but um, yeah. If, so why don't you talk about, cause you, cause you got affected by most um, as far as your job and, yep. then, and then that kind of, that led you into the creation of your project summit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I had the opportunity to not work in my full-time job for probably like five to six weeks. And then for another month after that, I returned on like a, like five hour a day basis in comparison to a typical nine hour day. And that allowed me to one focus, focus on my personal growth, my health, fitness, nutrition, plus write music literally all day long. Like that, that time period where I didn't have an obligation to work at a full-time gig and to only work on things that I wanted to work on was, uh, it, it was like my, my dream was actualized. Mm -hmm. um, so one, that, it, that inspired me to, to hustle even harder to, to try and make it, make being a full-time musician possible. Um, but in regards to Summit One, so Summit One is my like lo-fi and chill hop project. 
So that's just chill instrumental beats that are uh, jazz based in nature. And uh, early in 2020, I I'd become extremely interested in the genre. And I remember even when we were driving out to Ohio to, to play those shows, I had Jared listen to a, a few albums as we were driving out there. I was like, this is, this is really interesting music. It's, uh, it's in a weird time and it's growth as far as uh, global growth with all of the streaming platforms and growth and popularity. And uh, musically, it, it allowed me to express a, a chill a very chill side of music um, while being saxophone centric. And so as I think that was, that was the first artistic project that I worked on when the pandemic hit and the lockdown hit, I just created a ton of lo-fi and chill hop tracks and uh, offered saxophone stems to some of the, some of the top artists within the scene. And I, I launched that project in June of 2020 and it's, over the past four to five months, it has consistently um, floated between like 375,000 to 400,000 monthly listeners. Uh, yeah, so that was, that was that's, a, a, that's a, insane, a, both insane and unfair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, uh, well, and there, and so there was, there was definitely a strategy behind it. Uh, so when I first entered the scene, I created, I, I compiled um, contact information for, uh, many of the top artists went to the scene. So one of the parameters was just they had to have over 100,000 monthly listeners and I had to record their music. And then I took that list, reached out to 100 of them, offered saxophone stems. Um, I probably collabed with 15 of those individuals. And so I, I was releasing with some of the, the major labels uh, within the lo-fi scene without even having a project, which was, it was kind of a fun feeling to have because eventually... <laughs> enough of enough of these label reps are like who is this dude like <laughs> like who is this guy uh so there so there is definitely strategy to the growth and um yeah it was it was just a successful artistic endeavor that that took off and um it's been a lot of fun there's there, it's it was super low risk it was just yeah. making chill lo-fi beats <laughs> and it and it took off and um it's driving some some additional monthly revenue that that overall helps us awesome. fulfill our dreams yeah that's great during that, during that month and a half that, that crew had his head down working on lo-fi um i totally had forgotten about this but i i uh i was working on getting better at production working on my production chops and uh actually took andrew huang's um production course on monthly um okay. So it's, it's like a, a month long course that has like three sections and you write three tracks. Uh, and a lot of it was information that I already knew, but I definitely gained some nuggets out of it. And, um, you know, I, focusing on production technique and skill while, while you were doing your thing. And, um, yeah, so that, I mean, that's what I was up to during that whole time frame. So can it's easy for us to kind of like gloss over um, what lo-fi and chill hop and the, these kind of styles even are. Um, so maybe like, can you put into your best words, like if you're making a lo-fi track, you know, what, what words do you use to describe the beats that you're making? Chill instrumental hip hop beats is the best way to describe it. Uh, and it's, it, it's full, at least when I'm writing it. And obviously every artist has their, their own intention, but for me, it's, it's designed to be 
chill background music that you can work to uh and like study beats is a huge culture and that's i that's how lo-fi has gained the the global prominence that it currently has is there kind of like a maybe maybe it's even an unspoken rule that like the the lo-fi implies that there's not a lot of big compressed drum beats and like big audio spectrum sounds that maybe it's almost a little crunchy or has an am radio sound or at least is inspired by that type of sound yeah totally it's it's low fidelity sound and uh it it's funny because we're we're emulating uh the crunchiness and the dustiness that older analog processing gear would give and now we're digitally recreating that which is (laughs) which is funny but recreating uh, the limitation yeah, exactly. And and that's exactly what it is. And uh historically, like it's it's been around up since like the late eighties, early nineties, and then in twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen with the rise of Spotify and YouTube's twenty four seven playlist, that's when the genre truly grew into into what it is today. And I mean it's it's unsuspecting music and uh just last year, like it was the second most streamed music globally. Uh, so it's the most popular music that nobody's heard of. Totally, yeah. Or, or maybe, or maybe everybody's heard of it in passing. Or yeah, it, it's in this strange bubble phase of growth. Because if there's any other genre that was producing the the amount of streams that yeah that yeah. this genre is currently promoting, like it'd be be all over. Um, but but I think given its inherent nature of of being just chill instrumental beats it's 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 just this new online music culture that the world hasn't necessarily seen yet it's it's definitely it's definitely new so i want to make sure we give a solid plug to your lo-fi project so where can the people like check out your music yeah so that that project's name is summit one uh the one is spelled out and it's available on all all streaming platforms yourself in this um involved in this genre of music that's really taking off but there's not a lot of uh what do you want to say gatekeepers um not you know there's it's it's almost an underground thing that's kind of uh, gotten ahead of itself maybe so so you see an opportunity there to maybe try to bring some of these lo-fi artists together right Correct. So, so what does that eventually develop into? How did that? Uh, so that so that developed into uh, my project called Chilled Samples, and Chilled Samples was originally created um, as a platform for me to to sell a sample pack that I that I worked on all summer. So that's called Mountain Beats Volume One. So on all of my Colorado mountain hikes and adventures, I would record different foley and percussive elements, whether it be uh, sounds of like a waterfall on a hike, sounds of a stream, or <laughs> kicking a log. Jared was with me one time. He threw a, a rock at a log, and that ended up being the foundation to a majority of the uh, of the kick drums in that sample pack. But nice. 
so that so that's how it started just as a, a platform for me to sell this unique sample pack but then just as you said the there's that clear opportunity of, of bringing attention to the artists that create lo-fi and chill hop because yes, it's the second most stream uh, music globally as of last year, but a lot of these artists that have anywhere from half a million to a million to 2 million monthly listeners don't have a single interview anywhere online. And so, so chilled samples kind of morphed into a platform that allows these top chill hop and lo-fi artists to to be able to share their voice and their perspectives because what they're doing is impressive. When it's you're like what, U.S. dubstep artists in like 2011, it's right. like the same thing. <laughs> it was like it was a thing, and dubstep was everywhere, but you didn't know who any anybody was or who was making it, and so it yeah, I think it takes it takes projects like this to to bring that stuff to the fore. Yeah, well, and I, I mean, I, I feel like these, these artists truly, truly deserve to be spoken to, right? I think, uh, uh, like we, we had played a couple shows as, as Crystal Grid, and then only a few months later, we, we were chatting with you. You had already given us the opportunity to share our story and discuss what we were, we were doing. And, uh, but there's these kids out there all over the world that are reaching millions of listeners on a monthly basis, and nobody's taking the time to talk talk to them or, or figure out what they're doing. Yeah, it's a very creative genre too. I mean, there's a lot there to explore. You know, you hear, okay, low quality hip hop beats, like, okay, why? why? And, you, you know, there's, you got to realize that it's like building these like soundscapes out of hip hop beats, you know, it's mm -hmm. this, there, there's a lot to explore there. It's a unique genre. Yeah, well, and there's a there's a ton of instrumentalists as well, just because it this genre caters so well to to anybody that plays guitar or mm. plays the horn or any other type of instrument, and uh, it's filled with a lot of uh, just really really kind and open individuals. Uh, there was there's essentially zero barrier to entry, and everybody's willing to to share a conversation. So it's uh, it, it's been it's been a true joy to to become a part of that community and not to mention just the the global network has grown exponentially so can we talk a little bit about what it's like what's your approach to going out and recording a sample pack or some foley like you you did you set out to do it one day like i want to make a nature sa sample pack and then you just walk around with a field recorder and look at things that sound interesting or did you have like i'm going to need some bassy things for snares i'm gonna or for kicks i'm gonna need some snappy things for snares and like how was there any planning that went into the recording process of it i i wouldn't say there is anything written down on paper but the the notes were definitely there in thought as far as like what what sound can create a transient that can turn into a hi-hat or what can i eventually turn into a symbol by throwing enough reverb on it or what what part of this stream like if i'm looking at a stream i'm looking at the rocks and the currents and it's like which one has a prettier sound or a different sound or what so it's I, I wouldn't say there was intentional strategy. It was just sort of creative thought as I as I'm on these adventures, being like, what what can I capture from an audio perspective? Uh, and it was as far as just a creative lens. I I've been climbing mount. I've I've climbed a lot of mountains, and I've I've taken a ton of pictures and and visually visually cemented those experiences but from from a musician perspective it's like how do i how do i capture that how do i capture the energy of this adventure through sound um and that and that's where the the sample pack idea 
started. And, um, I think, I think for a majority of our ideas and creative ventures over the past year, like the, the inspiration just can't be necessarily pinpointed. Like they're literally just artistic ideas that sort of came out of nowhere. Well, you guys are in an ideal spot to be inspired by nature over there. For sure. I mean, that, yeah. That's, Sometimes that's, you're just walking along and you see a big hollow log and you throw a rock against it. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Job done. <laughs> I'm clocking out. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of equipment did you use? Did you have like a basic field recorder with like a mic attached to it or what, what all did you bring to a, to a yeah. session? So I just have a, a Zoom H5 field recorder okay. and then in my hiking backpack, just a, a wide array of percussive elements. So Tyco sticks, drumsticks, yarn mallets, rubber mallets, like ping pong balls, tennis balls, um, cymbal brushes. Okay. That's cool. So you, yeah. just, you bring a, a bin or two of objects and whack things in nature and see what comes out basically essentially well and then oh, that's the easy part so and then in order to actually shape those into usable percussive samples right. it's hours in the studio um reshaping make, them yeah, to gotta, make them actually sound like a, a, a usable sample right like no no dead space at the beginning of the sample make sure that it's compressed the right amount but you don't crunch everything and yeah that, i'm sure that had to be quite intimidating because i mean that's that's it's tough to put together, like, let's say a drum kit, like an analog drum kit like that in a studio environment, <laughs> let alone with a field recorder outside with the wind blowing and whatever, and not really having control of the environment so much, which I'm sure is part of the adventure of it and why it's so totally. cool. But yeah, I, I mean, just as somebody who's like, you know, I've, I recorded a, a demo for a band once, like a rock band. And okay, rock isn't exactly easy to mix, but still, it was like miking up all these drums and and guitar cabinets and stuff, and even in a, in a controlled room, getting that mix down to sound not like ass <laughs> was so much work, you know. So I, I I'm sure that that was uh, quite the undertaking. Yeah, it was a it was an undertaking, but it was it was a ton of fun because it's it's something that we've we've never experimented with before. So I think it took our audio engineering capabilities to to the next level and so along along those same lines of creating a uh, sample pack strictly out of natural sounds in the colorado mountains we also created a red rock sample pack where we we took that same concept um except rather than being in the nature in the wild of colorado we're at red rocks amphitheater just outside of denver uh hitting and, and gathering raw audio samples from the center stage, the front rail, the steps, the actual rocks themselves. And, and then we turned that into a dubstep pack. So I think that could arguably uh, be determined as uh, even, even more difficult than the nature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to park on this one a minute, cause this is such a cool project. So, and, and I want to make sure that we plug this, like, tell them where they can buy it. Let's yeah. go ahead and plug that now. Where can people buy this sample pack if they're interested in what like kind of format is it in? Yeah, so they can visit coloradosounds.com and everything they need to see is right there on the front page of the website. Perfect. Um, yeah, so you, you'll download um, a compressed file that's just wave, wave files of all of the different um, percussive elements that we recorded. We broke them down into... Um, like all one shots uh we we have loops um, oh, okay we have a lot of one shots 
and we we were throwing in a uh, a bonus base uh gritum base is what we're calling it so if you nice. if you download that you get that for free that's an extra sample pack that you get for free nice um, so these are all um drum elements and percussive elements is that correct correct yeah yeah cool. so this is specific to dubstep and rhythm drums nice yeah. So, um, can you describe to me as somebody who's never been like, what even is Red Rocks in the amphitheater and like, maybe just kind of describe what's it like to stand there by yourselves? Like what, what, what would I be looking at if I were standing there like recording with you guys? Oh yeah, you got this. So if you, so Red Rocks, I, for me personally, it's where, it's where my passion for electronic music was born. Uh, so it's it's a venue in the foothills just west of Denver. Uh, the capacity is uh, 9,500 individuals. And the stage is centered in between two gigantic rocks. So if you think of like the Lion King, that, okay. that uh, pride, it, rock. pride Rock. Yeah, yeah, it looks like two Pride Rocks on either side. So the acoustics are, are absolutely phenomenal. But it uh, it's... Once you experience a live show there, like it's hard to experience a live show any anywhere else it's it's just uh it, it's it's one of my favorite places on on the planet no doubt and and of course i i have that personal relationship to it just because that's where that's where my dream was born and that's where i attended all of my first electronic shows um so what is it sonically about that venue that you wanted to capture is it like a, a strong reverb is you know what is it that what character were you did you well have? there so there's there's that natural reverb, but just the essence of the energy of that venue. Uh, so if you read interviews of a lot of the top artists within um, the U.S.-based electronic scene, like Red Rocks is their is their dream. Like I, yeah. um, like Gasly, for instance. Uh, I remember reading an article way back in the day where he had he would have Red Rocks as his desktop um, wallpaper, and uh, there's a lot of artists that that just reference uh, like Elenium, Elenium was inspired by red rocks so similar story he 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 lived in denver he went to shows at red rocks and then boom he <laughs> turned into Elenium. yeah I would, <laughs> I would say that red rocks is the madison square garden of like electronic music it's it's just the pinnacle of success and that that's i mean that's our dream we yeah. want to play we yeah. want well, it... a picture of it sitting right there that's about true. two feet from me yeah and it's uh so not only are the fans excited to be there but every single artist that plays is absolutely stoked and that just adds another element where you you can tell that the artists even if they've been on a world tour this uh this show's special yeah it's a special one so th this is entirely outdoor venue mm -hmm. yep, yep. Uh, um so you can just like you had ready access to it to do this project like you could just walk up and do it or did you have to like finagle that or work with some so, so during the day it's actually uh it's a park that's owned by the city of denver so oh. and it, yeah so we we would typically go around sunrise so we'd get there at like 6 six thirty in the morning and the only individuals there are either running the stairs or people doing yoga but uh like we had the center stage to ourselves to to record all of these sounds and nice. um it for a majority of the pandemic it was closed down to the public and right when I opened up, I believe in late June or early July, that's when we started to sneak in there before 
before tourists or, or anybody else was really exploring. So we had the whole venue to ourselves, which was magical, yeah. magical in itself. I actually went back a few months later uh, to re record some craft symbols. So that was really awkward. Like <laughs> hitting symbols. It's like six 30 in the morning and I'm smacking symbols and people are like looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? So but yeah, that was, that was a good time. That's cool. Did you record any video content of that stuff? Yeah, we have video content. Nice. Nice. That's cool. Um, man, so that, that sounds really like a lot of fun. That's a fun project. How much content is in uh, like the Red Rocks pack? I think there's over 264 yeah. samples. Yeah. Yeah. Samples and so solid. I'm um, sorry. One shots and loops. <laughs> I, have you guys started using that material in your own work yet? Yeah, we have. Uh, so our, our last original that we released uh, was just the, the demo track uh, for this sample pack. And so every single drum sound that was uh, utilized in that demo track is just called uh, Red Rocks Dubstep and Rhythm Drums. You can find that on all of our streaming platforms. Once again, what's the, the URL for that? I really want to push that because I think that's such a cool project. That's uh, You're going to find the Red Rocks pack at coloradosounds.com. Coloradosounds.com. And is it is it just called the Red Rocks pack? It's uh, Red Rocks Dubstep and Rhythm Drums. Dubstep and Rhythm Drums. R-I-D-D-I-M drums, right? All right, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. So... Um, what other projects have it jared didn't you have a side project you were working on is that still a thing yeah i've got a i've got a couple going on um yeah tell me about that so I, i'm gonna say or oh, when was it late summer um i started two ambient and binaural beats projects oh that's exciting so what's the difference so uh yeah that's, that's, we'll start there let's get, let's get nerdy <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so the ambient project is is kind of just imagine just meditation music like super super slow uh ethereal and there's not there's not like a beat to, that that you follow along um so so that's one project and that is called uh cloud effect other project is called celestial intentions and that is that's the binaural beat project and so let's uh to describe a binaural beat um basically it's a uh, oh man i'm screwing this up i haven't had to talk about this in a while <laughs> yeah this but, is perfect opportunity so so basically what a binaural beat is is two different waveform like frequencies that are playing in each one of your ears separately. 
and they're only a few few degrees apart and what that does is so so imagine like a perfect sine wave right like it mm-hmm. it doesn't fluctuate it's constant and you and if you adjust that sine wave say it's at 40 hertz and then you have another another sine wave at 45 hertz right okay play them in different ears in different ears you have to okay. be wearing headphones in order to get the effect what happens is your your brain struggles to tell the difference between the two sine waves and it adds a pulse to to the sound so gotcha. if you, you were to like let's say you're wearing <laughs> right, and you pull one out it's a constant hum in one ear you put it back in and then it's it's got like a wobble to it gotcha uh, okay so i've happening within your brain i vaguely remember reading about this so so i guess it's probably kind of like the effect you get when you hear like a biplane or something where you have like two propellers that are really close in speed and you get that that kind of like sure yeah yeah Yeah. i would if if there's any producers out there it kind of resembles an lfo okay so it's, yeah, so it's so it's almost like you're modulating pulse. I was gonna say it's almost like you're sending a modulating pulse to it, but instead of affecting the original waveform, you're just hearing them at the same time. Correct. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Absolutely. So, so you, I assume you do that with more than sound with the more than sine waves, right? So you, I mean, is there a is there a lead um, binaural beat? <laughs> thing happening in every track and then you build a track around that or is every element meant to be different in stereo in you know left versus right or how like how do you approach that is my question even making sense it makes total sense and, and the, the cool thing about this is everything that you said is possible there are no rules within this um the the only rule is that well, I mean, we, we've broken that rule too, but essentially if you want to create a, a binaural beat, you have what's called the carrier wave. And that's like the, the centralized, imagine like the sub bass to a track, right? Okay. Um, or a song rather. And so that, that carrier wave is the, is the binaural beat. And there are, there are binaural beats that are just the carrier wave itself. And then there are beats that have other ethereal ambient things happening um there are beats that have actual like drums and stuff in them so so you can literally be as great as you want in this genre and that's why it's so exciting is because you can literally make just whatever you want um but as but, soon as you take the the cans off of your head you're ruining the effect correct because you're now you're hearing the delayed sound from both uh stereo signals kind of delayed at the same time and they're getting jumbled together and it's just going to sound normal right yeah it would it would essentially just sound like one constant like hum yeah so you have to isolate your left and right ears by wearing headphones or earbuds or something like that correct yeah which you you can sort of hear it in in uh, stereo monitors but it's it it's not so let's go into the science behind it why is this even like why do we even do it so um your brain has a bunch of different states that it's in depending on um your your level of alertness right so and and i did not study up so i can't <laughs> you exactly what they are that's but okay or for example like when you when you first wake up you're in you're in like i think it's a theta state and then there's a alpha and a, a delta and so basically what 
what you do is it, there's certain frequency ranges that align with those brain those brainwave states. So you can so through the binaural beats you can put yourself into that sort of state. And so like like for example, an alpha state is super alert, and that's that's like when we're having a podcast right now. We're we're in an alpha state. We're we're super alert and we're listening to every word. And so you can listen to a particular binaural beat that is set in the alpha alpha wave to help you study for a test or um you know just kind of lift your mood up right and then if you want to if you're if you're trying to go to sleep and you're an insomniac and you're having trouble sleeping you can lift, listen to the theta brainwave uh binaural beat that can potentially put you in that that sleep state and or or meditation rather or as well project are you creating music to listen to for entertainment or are you creating tools are you creating sonic pills for particular reasons or do you are you creating this because you like the way it sounds you're you're crushing the questions man <laughs> so, so the, the whole intention behind these projects was medicinal music Okay. It's to create. So, so we're being creative, making making these sounds and making these binaural beats, and putting them out into the world for people to use them as a tool. And and that's that was the the whole purpose behind it. We um, I'm struggling to remember where it started, but I, I think I I read in a book somewhere, um, or maybe Aubrey Marcus podcast where he was using binaural beats to help him take a nap in the middle of the day. And so I started started experimenting with them and listening to them. And then Cody and I were having a conversation. I think it might've been in like mid-May or something. And I'm like, hey, I've been using these binaural beats and I've been seeing results. And he was like, why can't we make them? And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So what what are results? What what results were you seeing? I mean, they just I, I was, your I was mood energy level what is it yeah exactly um it, it could totally be placebo it, it, at least for me but uh there, there is some some science behind it some research behind it um it's definitely not researched as much as you, you know normal things this is kind of, <laughs> kind of metaphysical yeah but um but yeah I, I was using them personally to to kind of recharge myself in the middle of the day so i would i would do like a meditation session pop some some headphones in and and uh kind of get rid of that 230 like doldrum you know the 30 uh oh what the hell is that thing called uh yeah that, and i know if you're talking you about know, slump in the middle of the day that, that's where goes. i go for the the afternoon cup of coffee <laughs> yeah for sure so instead of drinking coffee you know you would i would i would do this little meditation practice and pop pop me some binaural beats <laughs> uh 
and I would I would get a good charge recharge from it. Do you treat the the two projects separately, <clears throat> the binaural beats and the the just the ambient music? Are these like separate things in your head? I would say I would say yes, but when I when I'm going to create them, I usually batch them together. Um because essentially I guess they work together, huh? The, the they, they sort of work together. <laughs> uh, really, the, one project is just missing the the um, carrier wave. Yeah. So, so like, essentially, it's it's very similar music. Um, I I have some ideas to to kind of take the um, the the regular ambient project a little further into some some other things that I've been listening to lately that have been helping me stay focused while I'm while I'm doing graphic design. But is this music available yet? Yes, you can find this on Spotify or Spotify. any platform. Yeah. Can you uh, say those names again to make sure we are yeah. very clear uh, about where to find it? Yeah, um, it's Cloud Effect and Celestial Intentions. Cloud Effect and Celestial Intentions. Awesome. Yep. Man, you guys have been on. you guys have been busy. Yeah. Jeez, I gotta feel like I gotta step my game up, right? <laughs> um, do you guys? find all the stuff that you've learned over this time the different styles of music do you do you think that that's going to bleed over or kind of help create different sounds for crystal grid itself oh a thousand percent yeah hundred thousand see see the difference in personality (laughs) (laughs) yeah one million percent yep uh yeah well it's it's just increased our overall time within Ableton and has just pushed the boundary of the way that we view music creation. Uh, I think the most monumental aspect about this year was just our development as artists. And, and I hope that doesn't sound pretentious. And I guess if it, if it does to somebody out there, I don't care, but (laughs) we, uh, so we, we just, we just became, so focused on creating art we didn't necessarily place restrictions on ourselves in regards to the outcome so mm-hmm. before before the pandemic when we're when we're writing a crystal grid track there's there there was there's definitely pressure uh, there's pressure to create a specific sound make sure it's at a specific level of quality are fans gonna like it is this gonna is this gonna perform well live and rather than having sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there's a certain point where point where the experimentation feels more dangerous yeah well and it was we so like even with lo-fi beats uh like i went in without any rules i said i'm just gonna make whatever type of music that i want to make and some of my best performing tracks i spent like 35 minutes on them for like some of my sax recordings um like i there's there's a track that i i created with uh with a dude out of amsterdam that's at like 1.5 million streams and i think it was my the riff that he ended up using was on the first take of saxophone recording oh, yeah wow. you know, you know and it, it and, and it because it, it wasn't results driven it was like hey i'm yeah. gonna listen to this i'm gonna improv i'm gonna make some music send it over and now it's performing extremely well and um with the sample packs there was there was no risk it was like hey let's see if we can turn turn something from nothing 
uh, for where binaural beats and the ambient music, like there's, there's no risk. We're not, yeah, we're yeah. not selling it as something that, that a lot of people enjoy. And especially with binaural beats, right. the target market is so small. A majority of people are going to dislike this music and that's perfect. Cause that's not who we're making that music for. We're making it right. for somebody that may like binaural beats. Yeah. It almost sounds like there's a lot of science behind the sounds and stuff. So being able to take that and put it over towards your your other styles of music you know and using that same science or that same concept to mm -hmm. be able to take them in whatever direction you want is pretty cool absolutely and and for me specifically <clears throat> learning how to shape sounds and engineer sounds and design them into exactly the way that i wanted them to sound was was huge for my my production quality um i and just imagine because like when you when you're using a sample from say splice or whatnot it, it's normally shaped really well and it's eq'd and everything and it's like you can literally just drag it and drop it and maybe change one thing about it but when you're using the sound of a trash can <laughs> and turning that into a kick drum and shaping that and making it sound like the actual you know batter head is hitting the the um you're the drummer, bro. Yeah, dude. No, no, no. Hey, the, the drummer. Why are you looking at us? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody help me. But uh, but yeah, try, trying to trying to figure those transients out, and then having the long tail of the sub of the of the kick follow through, and how like thinking about how can I make that happen? Because my sound that I have right now is not doing it. And Did you find that you had like a certain point where you're like, if I affect this song, this uh. A sample too much then it's not fitting the spirit of the project you know what i mean like if i if i apply 20 pedal effects to this kick drum what am i even doing or would, were you able to get it pretty close um on that first recording and you just needed to like tweak it in if that makes sense i'd say we 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 went both ends of the spectrum really so you were you weren't afraid to get kind of crazy with uh affecting so. them the as long as the source material was true to our our cause, right? It was like, dubstep. It, yeah, it can sound like anything, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, seriously, like, like it can be if you're like, oh, just make it crunchier. Okay, now make it more crunchier. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're still good. And taking taking some of the sounds you've already made and reversing them and and compressing yeah. the hell out of those things and then. Um, I, I'm thinking of a snare drum where I, I took a kick that we had already made and imagine just like cutting out all of, all of the low end. And then uh, like we had a, a bag of coins that was dropped like <laughs> on stage. And then you take that bag of coins and it's got like that crispy crunchy sound. And then you mold those two together. So you have like the transient of, of the, the click of the drum head, right? The beater. <laughs> and then you, you, you combine those together and you glue them together and they create a snare drum. You add a little flicker of reverb. And then the next thing you know, it's like, holy shit, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. Like that's legit. Nice. That sounds like a lot of fun, man. That has to be, um, really rewarding too, like to go from here's a microphone to here's a demo track that we made out of entire sounds that we manifested from nature, you know, out of whole cloth just like one day. Like that's that's pretty cool to be able to just take those and turn them into to something. That that kind of collage is art on its own, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and I think it, yeah, it, uh, it, it was, it was rewarding, but it had to happen. Like once the artistic idea was, once we talked about it, then we had to see if it was possible. Uh, and, and so I, I think a monument, probably the most monumental, uh, piece of work that we read over the, over the past year was the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. And that just completely molded our perspective on, on how to live your life as an artist. And I think in, in its most simplified version, it's just ensuring that you're putting in the time to, to make art. And uh, so once we, once we took away our restraints on what type of art we could make and just focused on making art, having a, having a creative idea and then seeing if we can bring it to fruition, it was, it was artistically freeing and creatively challenging, but I think it's, it's taken our artistry and just ability to create to, to a level that we've never experienced before. Nice. That's amazing. I, you know, at the start of, you know, it, well, I guess maybe almost exactly a year ago. So like as the pandemic was really picking up and we all were hearing coronavirus for the first time and all that, like I remember distinctly thinking like <laughs> weirdly, I can't wait to talk to Crystal Grid after all this because I know they're going to do something with this time like that that was just it popped in my head as an independent thought like cody and jared are gonna do cool stuff with this time because if you lock them in a box and say here's a trash can and a micro cassette and a pencil you know they're gonna come they're gonna come up with some amazing projects somehow out of that um and that's just something that we always respect about you guys absolutely yeah we we appreciate that for sure Thank I you. um I noticed on on Instagram I think it was it today I think you guys are writing new music as Crystal Grid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Jared, with your production skills that you've learned, is your the way you guys you know started back again writing Crystal Grid music has it changed the way that you guys have went about it in the studio? Like who's writing, who's doing? You know, are you doing different things now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I, I've definitely you know stepped up my game yeah because we've had we've had some conversations and, had and some you conversations. Know, yeah. we, without you know i don't want to put too much out but you know you wanted to kind of step your production game up to you know to cody and you felt like your i mean yours was there but you felt like you needed to step more up and do you feel like that production course helped you out and now how's the writing yeah, coming along definitely definitely motivating um and and what, what you saw on that Instagram post was what I had started. So, um, and I'm, I've passed that. So we're, we're actually experimenting with a new production kind of, uh, technique or style where we're going to, um, weekly switch back and forth, uh, some, oh. kind of, some kind of writing project. Uh, and last week was my week. And I, uh, I, I started a track, started a doodle and I've handed that over to Cody and now it's his turn to, to experiment with that. But, um, historically speaking, uh, when we started crystal grid, which was August of 2017, I, I had just started learning production. So, um, and the way we kind of structured our project was we were going to focus on our strengths. So I'm, I'm super technical and I, I kind of see Ableton as 
imagine it like Photoshop for me, like just adding layers and, and doing different things. And that's kind of how my brain works. So, so naturally moving from, from like graphic design and, and that whole technical realm, it was really easy for me to pick up um, Ableton in the technical side. So I focused all of my time learning, like the first couple of years, I was just learning how to be an audio engineer to, to elevate our tracks because Cody could write, but we, um, we saw a gap in the, the mixing and, and audio engineer uh, realm. So, so that's what I focused on. And I, I got the whole YouTube university <laughs> for, for a couple of years and, uh, and you yeah, already had an, a kind of an understanding going in too of like basic song structure and things like that because of the DJing and drumming and all that too. So it, you sure, yeah. had a, a huge head start as far as like you didn't have to learn how to count beats or or what a measure was or or any of that kind of stuff. Sure, yeah, that, and absolutely. Um, and I mean, not to blow my own head up, but I I pick things up pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Um, but. But yeah, so so fast forward, um, all of last year and and kind of even like the middle of 2019, I I was continuing to step my game up in the like the actual music writing production realm, and it it got to the point where I was I was maybe putting you know 25 to 35 percent into the the final product of the music that that we were releasing and now um moving into moving into this year and the new music that we're that we're writing i i plan on trying to make it 50 50 as much as possible um so yeah you've got what like four four more years of production on me two and a half okay two and a half (laughs) just still a lot yeah Yeah, i like the switching of roles thing though that's that's a cool approach Mm because then you're kind of like not throwing each other under the bus per se, but you're kind of forcing each other to like, there's a push and pull with that. I think that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and this, like we're constantly experimenting, you know, us and we'll see, we'll see how this goes. I I imagine it's going to be, we're, we're definitely like the music is going to, to take a, a different direction, but in a good way, I would say. Um, so you'll, you'll, definitely hear some shift in in kind of like what we've been writing in the past compared to what what we'll produce in the future which i feel like that's just a natural progression of things anyway i was going to say is that intentional like are there stylistic changes that you're making to crystal grid sound on purpose or are you just saying that that's going to be a natural result of you changing your methods yeah i think it'll be a natural result yeah so within future base or you guys plan to so what we're, we're gonna we're, we're calling ourselves uh, melodic bass. Okay. So that that covers a pretty wide swath of genres. Sure, so that'll sure. be you know future bass, kind of pretty um, creamy it, creamy sounds. It's gonna be electronic super music. Super heavy. <laughs> I get melodic. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yep. We get it. We get it and we dig it. Um, we're going to, uh, I'll leave the floor open for a few minutes if there's anything else that you guys want to talk about. Uh, the only other question that I have is when can we get you two in uh, the studio to do like a live something or other? As soon as possible. Yeah, let's do yes. that. I don't know when you guys are going to be around, but um, holler at your boy. You know, <laughs> you we, know we, we will. You we know would we love will. to 
to, to do it, you know, the, the proper way, like kind of like we experimented with you when you guys were actually here in studio, but uh, with the full kit, and uh, we'll have Mo Dingo come out with his fancy camera and get some cool shots and get a live stream going with the chat and all that kind of stuff. Yes. If we could plan Make that sure we have some. Sometime this year or whatever, that would be awesome. And Tony will be unlocked with the Instagram filters. And... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one that I ever use, but I already got you also. <laughs> I, I've cried because of that video multiple times. Multiple times. Uh, now you know why I was crying that night. <laughs> Content. Content. That was, that was amazing. <laughs> Anything else you want to share? Any other projects you're working on? Anything else you want to plug before we uh, wrap this one up? I think it's important to note that in the past year, uh, we both ran marathons, which Damn. is, which is, yeah. So uh, on top of the, the music, yeah, we're just yeah. sprinkle that in. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, yeah, we ran a couple of marathons, had some pretty good paces too. So we were, we were happy with that. Yeah, Climbing some big mountains. Solid six months of, of training there. I um, also got a master's degree. In <laughs> that was a couple of years ago. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm three fourteeners last year, I think. Man. Um, so that that was a good time. Yeah, I think I got five fourteeners, but I think fifteen peaks above twelve, twelve thousand feet. What is a fourteener? A fourteen thousand foot mountain. Oh, hey. oh man! <laughs> yeah. We don't even understand the language over here. <laughs> What's fourteener? Yeah. yeah. So it uh, yeah, it was a it was a good busy crazy year yep sounds like it that's awesome and we're you know we're glad to see that you guys are making the best of it um we're going to keep a close eye on all these projects as we always do and up to and excluding and not uh, the least of which is crystal grid so we're looking forward to see what happens with that um once again uh give all the follows to these guys let's run through them again chilled samples um summit one Right. Uh, what are the the two projects? The binaural beats is uh, um, that one's celestial intentions. Celestial intentions and, and cloud effect. Cloud effect. Yep. Um, we've got all those, and then the sample packs are once more. The URL for the sample packs is coloradosounds.com. Coloradosounds.com. Go check it out. It's Cody and Jared from Crystal Grid, fellas. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Passionate DJ Podcast. And for everybody listening at home, once again, keep on spinning. Yes.